With your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. All right, good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz. The silent assassin Matt Costa is on his way in. He's going to be here, he says. Give him time. Yeah, he's working tonight, so he's uh, he's on his way in. And that's kind of how it works now with his new schedule. Some weeks he's here to start, some weeks he's not, but that's okay. Because I'm learning, and then when I feel comfortable, you're going to learn, and then everybody's going to know, and pretty soon we're all expendable. (laughs) Which is the goal here. The goal is to make sure that uh, we can be replaced at any given time. So we are here to talk with you about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. And uh, we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. Now, for those of you who normally go to SpookySouthCoast.com and watch the live chat room and all that kind of stuff... Uh, you're going to notice that things are a little bit different. We made some changes. And actually, Moniz, I don't have you in the new chat room per se. Everybody should still be in there just fine, but you know we do need to get you into the new version of the page, which I'll do during a break because I've, I just automatically go to SpookySouthCoast.com slash SpookyTV, which will be the address when all is said and done. But for right now, uh, if you want to go to SpookySouthCoast.com, click on the live show menu and that will give you a little drop-down box, and that's where you can see Spooky TV, and you can get it in the new format. No difference. Uh, it's going to be the same thing no matter which page you're on, but you know, if you want to see it in the cool new style, then that's the way that you got to go. We're still working on that. That's going to be a work in progress. It's going to take a while to get everything up and running the way that we want to, but uh, so far, so good. I mean, I haven't done too much damage. Not yet. <laughs> but there's still plenty of time. I see Costa pulling in right now, actually. Uh, so there's uh, plenty of time for me to screw that up. But uh, stay tuned because it's going to be fun. But that's going to be the new design of the website. Hopefully it's going to be a lot easier for you to get in and out of there and find what you're looking for. Uh, I think what's happened is over the years we've developed so many different aspects of the show. We've developed so many different you know, buttons for things, the HipCast button, uh, the the uh, the Stitcher button. You know, we've got so much going on now that, it, you know, this way here we're hoping that we can streamline it all and uh, present it to you in a way that you can actually get to where you're going with a couple of clicks. Because Chris Balzano, our, con- our content director, did a great job of building that website. And then almost immediately, as soon as he was done, we started piling more stuff onto him. Like, here, add this. Here, add this. We should have this. We need to have this. And I'm starting to get away from the idea of, you know, we don't need to have everything laid out right there in front of people. People know how to find things. So uh, that's the idea about this. It'll make it a cleaner experience and hopefully a more enjoyable one. Not that you haven't already been enjoying your time on SpookySouthCoast.com anyway, but hopefully it'll be a little bit easier for you. And uh, Matt Costa is making his way in, so 
You know, I'm going to... You don't have to go over there. I'm going to turn this chair over to you. You can take it over. It's your seat. You've earned it. All right, hang on. There, how was that? That must sound really weird to people that are listening in stereo. All right, so we are going to be talking tonight about a variety of paranormal topics. Uh, we're going to bring back a little bit of uh, news for you. There's been a lot of requests to have the news come back. And uh, I think if, if we can get Matt ready, we'll go with the Week and Weird intro for it and everything. But, you know, we'll just give him a couple minutes to set up. One thing that I do want to say is I want to say a big hello to all my friends out in Los Angeles who I got to hang out with uh, this past Monday night. Hi to LA Paranormal. Hi to Scott Marcus. Hi to Chris Fleming. You know, there was a whole bunch of people out there that uh, met up at the Golden Gopher while Jeff Belanger and I were out in LA, and uh, it was great to meet all those people. I look forward to getting back out there and hopefully investigating some of the sites out there because I heard some stories about some of their locations, and it just sounds really good. And I'm not talking about just the paranormal stuff either. I'm talking about the taco places. <laughs> I'm talking about you know the In and Out Burger. We didn't. We we hardly scratched the surface of what there is out there to do uh, 20, 25 hours in Los Angeles is not enough although for some people that's more than enough <laughs> but 25 hours uh, was not enough to get out there and do some investigating I, I want to check out the Queen Mary you know Linda Vista is actually getting torn down and turned into condominiums for old people uh, so a convalescent home actually I think so uh, there's not going to be a chance to get out there and investigate that in time I don't think but you know who knows so but uh, thank you to everybody out there for being so hospitable and we will gladly return the favor if you are ever out on the East Coast, which, you know, I'm sure some of them will be someday. We, we had a big talk about that. Uh, that was one of the discussions that we had about the difference between West Coast haunts and East Coast haunts and about how ours have more age, but it seems like the West Coast stuff uh, has more mystery around it. So it's uh, I'm, I'm very interested in, in seeing, you know, what happens when some of them come out here and investigate some of our sites as well. So... I'm uh, I'm going to get some notes out of my bag because I didn't do that in all the setup. But, Matt Moniz, while I'm doing that, I want to ask you, what did you think of the Super Bowl? Uh, <laughs> I really didn't. To honestly answer you. I'm sorry. I, no, no, I know. That's why I threw it to you <laughs> with that question. I knew where it would be going if that was the case. Absolutely nowhere. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about a variety of paranormal topics, as I said tonight. The phone lines are going to be open up all night long, 508 996 one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. The numbers are on the all new spooky south coast dot com. Hey Costa, what'd you think of that website? Did you get a chance to see it? Uh, I'm trying to bring it up now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna work. <coughs> That's probably my fault. That's uh, probably something that I did wrong. Uh try um well, I'll I'll write it down for you. But uh do we do we have weak and weird music? Uh we do in fact. Alright, if you wanna fire that off, I'll fire off the stories right after. More bad news. Well, I got a great show for you today. It's a wonderful, weird stuff. I feel, I feel so very weird. All right, so we're going to bring bring back the week and weird, but we're going to do it in a little bit of a different fashion. Uh, I think, you know, let... The, in the previous incantation of the week and weird, we spent way too much time reading the stories themselves, and we didn't really give people our thoughts and our analysis on it. So, what I want to do is I'm just going to give a quick rundown of a couple of stories here, and let, let's really open it up for discussion. 
Uh, the first story, and I'm sure you've seen this video, Matt Moniz, and if you haven't seen the video, I would have liked to put it on the new SpookySouthCoast.com, but I haven't figured <laughs> that part out yet. A woolly mammoth may already be wandering around the wilds of Siberia. A creature with all the characteristics of the long-extinct animal was filmed wading across a river in the remote Russian region uh, that I'm not going to pronounce. Uh, the jaw-dropping footage appears to show an elephant-shaped animal with reddish-brown fur, which would match the color of the mammoth hair dug up from the permafrost in frozen Russia, and what appears to be a trunk dragging in the river. A Russian government engineer out in the remote area last summer for survey for a planned road filmed the animal. He's not been available for comment since the video went public. Uh, the evidence of the woolly mammoth living up to 150,000 years ago across north, northern North America and Eurasia with the best, best, prefer, best preserved carcasses in Siberia. But the species had disappeared at the end of the, uh, you know, 10,000 years ago, yeah. with uh, an isolated population still living on the Siberian Wrangell Island until around 1700 B.C. So, Matt Moniz, have you seen this woolly mammoth footage? I, I've seen the footage of the bear carrying the, the salmon, yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I saw when I saw it, too. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's nice to want to think that it's a woolly mammoth. Well, there's issue with the video. Not so much the video itself. It's the person that brought it up. He's been the person that made it more public. Has been known to have, um, let's say, put forward less than legitimate things before. Mm-hmm. Sure. So uh, that put it in question just to start with. Number two, there's there are other characteristics of um, mastodons and woolly mammoths that would stick out, like in particular tusks. There yeah, are no there were no tusks on yeah. this animal, and I don't think that uh, poachers would have taken the tusks off a woolly mammoth, and we wouldn't have heard about it. Uh, the other the other issue that I have with it is uh, the, the video seems particularly especially blurry around the part that is supposed to be the trunk. So it's uh, it's almost like that's intentional. Well, I think what you have here is a case that somebody videotaped a bear carrying a you know a fish across the stream, and somebody took it. Hey, that looks like this, yep. and then made it into something. And it that's is all that it takes. But it would be, it'd be nice if we could actually find a woolly mammoth. Well, there's still plenty of woolly mammoths up in Siberia. They're just frozen. Yeah. It'd be nice if we could find a living one. They're actually working on... uh, This is not... You know, science fiction. They're actually bringing them back uh, with genetics. They're going to be in vitro fertilization of an actual elephant with uh, a woolly mammoth baby. Well, that's good news for me because do you know why I, I want the woolly mammoth to come back, right? No, why? To do the dishes. Oh, no. Like on the Flintstones. Yeah, I just got to open up the kitchen window and he comes in and he washes all the dishes. So I can't imagine that was sanitary. Yeah. Moving on. A group of Chinese tourists filmed the stained glass window in Scotland, uh, a stained glass window in Scotland church, without realizing that it featured Princess Diana from Beyond the Grave. The video appears to show a ghostly looking image resembling Diana. The footage is currently being examined by researchers to ascertain if it is a genuine ghost capture. It might be a bizarre optical illusion, but then again, it could be a ghost, and it could possibly be Princess Dies. After all, the Princess of Wales' mother is believed to have spent a lot of time in Scotland, passing away there in 2004. The footage is being used in an upcoming TV series on paranormal mysteries. Have you seen this footage now? Yes. And what are your thoughts on that? Because to me, it does look like Princess Diana. I think it's an optical illusion. You think so? I think it is. See, what I want to know is, and this would have been really, really easy for them to follow this up with, is I'd like to see a photo of what the window looks like in a still photograph. Because I'm just wondering, it could possibly be a stained glass window with an image of Princess Diana in it. Mm. It's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. 
Well, the, from what I can remember seeing in the video, it's it's, it's not defined enough to really tell. Well, because the camera's moving up yeah, and down. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it, you could get a nice still shot, you'd be able to tell. But then again, it's a matter of, you know, if you live in England, who's the sexiest ghost you could have? And I mean sexy in terms of, you know, the attractiveness of the evidence. That'd be Princess Di, of course. You have a nation that's still grieving over her loss, you know, uh, what, 12 years later. So... But she died in France. Not to say that ghosts don't return to other, you know, spirits. Don't yeah, I don't, I don't think that has as much to do with it. I mean, and I'm talking from the, the need of the people to have a connection with her. Right. So, you know, if the stained glass window kind of looks like her, well, then there you go. The same thing happens here with the stained glass window in the Millicent Library. Right. Of, of uh, you know, they have William Shakespeare in there. They have Millicent depicted as an angel. You know, so there's all these things, you know, that people will see and everybody sees something different in it. I, it, I I just still I have to see that still photograph before I can say anything for sure, and it can't be that hard to get a picture of it, can it? You should be able to find another picture of it. Of course, and again, you know, you get these news stories in the sun; they're not going to bother to actually go yeah. and get the actual facts out there. So there you go. That has that's the week and weird for this week. And uh, if you have any stories that you want to submit to the week and weird, just email them spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. And uh, we'll read them on the air, because we're, we're bringing this thing back. It will not die, as much as we try to. All right, so let's move on from there. Tonight we're going to have a, a pretty interesting show. There's been a lot of talk in the news lately about ghosts. And it's not the usual news stories of such and such paranormal group actually believes that ghosts exist, and they want to prove it to you in the town hall. You know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, the... The general, you know, filling up the last few minutes of a 11 p.m. newscast or the back page of a newspaper type stories or in, in some ways, you know, the, the, the promotion of a community event, things of that nature. But The fluff and fill pieces. Yeah, well, I don't want to give away the industry terms. For, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> but uh, one of the things that, that's been up in the news a lot lately is the idea of ghosts being bad in some way. Some ways being blamed for things and in other ways... You know, causing people grief in their regular life. So today we're gonna tonight we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, both sides of that coin. You know, the people who try to use the ghosts as scapegoats <laughs> for their criminal activity, uh, which was in the news lately, and uh, also just what it's like to be a paranormal enthusiast, not even just a paranormal investigator, but just somebody who's into the paranormal, and what kind of impact that has on your regular life. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening. Who, uh, and Matt Moniz is actually manning the chat room tonight. He's, uh, he's going to be taking over as director of the Spooky TV. So uh, he's manning the chat room tonight, so he can kind of look in there for any questions uh, that pop up during the course of the show as well. And, of course, I'll check the emails, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. If anybody's had these incidents where people know that they're into the paranormal and it's had some sort of negative impact on their life, whether it be just getting the stink eye from a relative whether it be getting harassed by a coworker, it's happened to all of us. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And our content director, Chris Balzano, is going to join us as well to kick the topic around uh, coming up. And then later on in the show, we've got some news here that uh, might be a little... It's enough to make Steve Gonzalez cry. <laughs> I mean, it is, because he did. Uh, there's a lot of speculation about last week's episode of Ghost Hunters. You know, they do that little teaser for the next week's episode. And since that episode aired, there's been a lot of speculation about what this big scene means. 
where uh, the, all the investigators are crowded around a table and Jason and Grant have an announcement to make and it supposedly will change the face of TAPS forever. So we're going to talk about what we think that might be and uh, we'll talk about what the implications will be from that if it turns out to be true. And uh, that's, I mean, that's big time stuff, you know what I mean? Like that show has been consistent, more or less. I mean, they've, they've changed some investigators around, but, uh, you know, if something is going to change the face of TAPS, change the face of Ghost Hunters, it's got to be big. Do I want to get? I mean, you know what? I'm going to give away what I think it is right now. Okay. I think they're going to stop looking for ghosts. Okay. Yep. No more ghost hunting. They're they're still going to call it ghost hunters, but they're just going to do a cooking show instead. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Why don't we take a break? When we come back on the other side, we'll bring in our content director, Chris Balzano, and we're going to have some fun tonight with this topic. And remember, you can call in at any time. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. One eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty, and of course, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. You can use the contact form right on the brand new website. So we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. The gang is all here because we have content director Christopher Balzano joining us on the line. Uh, Before we start that discussion, though, I just want to let everybody know uh, in that new SpookySouthCoast.com, I should point out a few things. Uh, the shop now contains our real Spooky South Coast t-shirts, like the ones that we wear, the, the ones that the Spooky Crew wear, and the ones that are available for sale at all our events. Those are now up for sale on the website, so you can go there, purchase them for yourself. I have not, uh, I'll admit, I have not put in the quantity for the sizes and everything. Uh, we do have uh, most most of it in stock for the different sizes, but... For some reason, if you order it and we don't have the size, you know, I'll, I'll let you know. But I, I hope to get a count of the stock and get it all up there in the next few days. It's just it's been a busy week. It's okay. And uh, one other thing I want to point out on there as well is um, – now I forgot what I was going to say about it. What, the shirts? No, about the SpookySouthCoast.com site. Well, of course, it is a work in progress, so so is my mind remembering what it is that I want to say about it. Well, you did a good job. The past few days you put into it, the effort really shows. Yeah, thanks, but it's it's stuff that I should have been doing a long time ago. A long time ago, I should have been helping with the website. Instead of saying to Matt Costa, to Chris Balzano, to Tim Bernal, to everybody, to Pat Court, you know, and saying, hey, do this, do this, do that, do this, do that. You know, now I feel like this time it's time for everybody else to yell at me and tell me what to do. And if I know how to do it, I'll try. But really, like, come on. I've made everybody else do all that work for all these years. Moniz is just looking at me with his guilty face of, so have I. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right, though. All right, well, we're going to get into this discussion tonight. Uh, And I want to start this off by talking about, the we, we mentioned the idea of ghosts being blamed for criminal activity. And this is actually nothing new. This is something that's been happening, oh, for quite a few years now. There we go. 
Uh, this is something that's been going on for quite a few years, and we've heard cases of, you know, people being on the stand and blaming the devil for murders. Uh, people saying that they were under the influence of a demonic presence when they did something wrong. And now we have this new story, which is actually, it's a couple weeks old, but uh, it's something that I had only recently heard about. A Wisconsin man arrested on domestic abuse charges told police that a ghost punched his wife, authorities said. Police responded to the disturbance call at approximately 8 p.m. Sunday. Uh, like Again, this is a couple weeks old. According to a Fond du Lac, that's Fond du Lac, County Sheriff's report obtained by the smoking gun. At the scene, they found 41-year-old Michael West and his wife, who told cops that her husband twice attempted to strangle her and struck her in the face when she attempted to contact 911. West told authorities that his wife sustained injuries as a result of several falls, Northwestern reports. When an officer pressed the issue, West allegedly changed his alibi, opting instead for a supernatural cause. A ghost did it. West is charged with domestic abuse, strangulation, battery, disorderly conduct, and resisting arrest. He remains in custody in lieu of a $1,000 bail. Chris Balzano, content director for Spooky South Coast, i got to ask you, are you convinced? <laughs> is, that, is that a good enough defense for you? It is. It is. It is. Um, I, think, I think the unfortunate thing was about, uh, uh, what, 300 years ago, 400 years ago, they ruled that uh, spectral evidence is not allowed in courts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Massachusetts, and so you know, uh, precedent that they try to bring in says that uh, unfortunately the ghost will not be able to go into court and give his side of the story. Well, don't forget too, it was in Tennessee where uh, the Bell Witch case happened, where they actually did, you know, find a ghost at fault. So, well, there's also the report of uh, the woman that uh, was supposedly burnt, and her ghost came back, and found out that it was actually uh, her son that stabbed her. They exhumed her body, and they found that, yeah, she was stabbed. So there has been evidence that has been admitted after 300 years ago, but it's rare. And and how much of a defense is it really? I mean, I, I, what I want to know is why he thought that would work. Well, I guess if you're, uh, if you're hitting your wife in the first place, something... Uh Something isn't quite right up there. So uh, that's true. You know, yeah. I, I, you know and, and of course, in so many of these cases, um, the people honestly believe it. You know, it's hard to tell whether this guy is uh, genuine or not. But well, so many times, the, the influence. And last week, you guys had a great show on the influence of the paranormal on people and things like that. I mean, it, it is one of those things where someone doesn't even need to be fully um, out of their mind to go for that. You know, if they're influenced heavily enough. They do something that is outside of their body. They couple that with other experiences they've had, and all of a sudden, you know, you start to believe that there might be other forces. And, th- and that's really the point of this is, you know, do we blame the fact that we've become so used to the idea of the paranormal in pop culture that now we can kind of lean on it as an excuse like that? I mean, I'm just going to guess that these people must watch some of these reality television programs to have ghosts in the forefront of their mind, I, w- I would think. Um, yeah, and I, and I think that's kind of a, part of the what you guys were talking about last week is <laughs> has it has it uh, has it jumped so much into pop culture that you don't even necessarily need to be a fan of the ghost shows to be influenced by what ghosts say. I mean, I know that uh, people I work with, for instance, when they find out what I do, they don't watch the shows, but they know enough of the shows and enough of the pop culture that they come up and. Whether it's they call me, you know, oh, you a Ghostbuster? Where's your proton pack? It's like, hey, dude, that movie's you know really old now. Um, how can you be still referring to that? Uh, other than the fact it's great, 
um, or even just other things like, you know, the people who don't watch the shows ask me if I can help them with their plumbing. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, that's, that's, I don't do either of those things, actually, so I'm sorry about that. Um, but, you know, so, so it, it doesn't even need to actually be um, on the forefront of their mind to be part of the, the background. I mean, if you take something which might, which is, I would say, you know, paranormal-related, um, something like curses, People mm-hmm. believe heavily in curses, whether it's uh, professional athletes like um, like uh, um, Tom Gordon has uh, has written about, or whether it's it's uh, just your everyday thing. I remember I was I had two different psychics tell me that an ex girlfriend of mine had cursed me, and they said it in uh, a very similar way to the point that you know for years this influenced my relationship with people because I honestly felt that this specific curse that the girl had on me was. Um, was impacting, like, my personal relationships with people. P.S., she was actually from the Bridgewater Triangle, too, so there you go. No, that probably explains it all right there. <laughs> right, and so I think if you take the power and the influence of that and you just put it on a, di- put on a different face, and that's these ghosts, I think, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a flip that some people who are searching for answers that they just can't quite get in a normal world are going to all of a sudden start to say, hmm, maybe, maybe there's other stuff that influences me. I mean, then again, we are... Uh, not to discount the possibility that ghosts are causing some of these incidents, but I mean, this is just one of those cases where it's somebody trying to get away with something and, and hoping that if his defense is just crazy enough, you know what I mean? Right. Somebody right. might not want to push it a little bit further. But there are, you know, more severe cases than this. I mean, as bad as it is to have a husband and wife get into a physical confrontation like this, this has actually reached the point where there's been murders that uh, the defense, the defendant and the defense attorney in turn have tried to blame on paranormal causes. And I just don't imagine that even if you are under the influence of a demon, and it's possible, you know, it happens, but that's not going to be, <laughs> be enough to defend you because it's, it's just not provable. One of the most bizarre cases, and like you were saying, this is nothing new, and we can talk about how you know, the different cultures from across the world view this, because I see this daily uh, going through the, the news for, for ghost villages that, you know, it's, 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 it's completely based on the culture that you live in, and it's so much more accepted. One of the um, cases that I remember was, I believe in Sweden, where a man had killed his girlfriend, and... The, his defense was, this is crazy, this is what kind of mixes all these things that are in the, the news today. This was only about two years ago. Someone had um, horribly influenced someone else. Um, kind of like the, uh, the cases we had of, of like, um, hazing, and not hazing, but, but teasing and bullying over the Internet and Facebook and things like that, and could the people be held responsible for it. Um, but anyway, this, this person had caused the suicide of a girl in a, in a loft somewhere in Sweden. And this gentleman moved in to the loft. And he uh, killed his, ended up killing his girlfriend. And his defense was the ghost of the suicide victim was coming back to him and encouraging him to get rid of the girlfriend. And um, he had become so haunted and so tortured by this person that he finally gave into it. And the defense attorney was looking to bring up the person who had bullied the person who caused him to get, commit suicide, and that was the defense. 
mm-hmm. that that person was responsible. Um, case never, <laughs> never uh, like came out. You know, there was never anything else that came out of it. I think they dropped that defense, but the initial defense was this is the pe- person who we should be looking at. So there is like a, a paranormal reason, like two things removed, and yet still the person was saying, you know, he didn't do it in his right mind. This ghost was torturing him, and we need to go after the person that caused the ghost. So it's a little bit crazy. Well, one of the things that I've heard about in relation to ghosts and the law is we've, it's, it's popped up on this show a couple of times, <coughs> Excuse me, especially when speaking to uh, psychics and spirit mediums and, and people who feel like uh, they can listen to the voices of those who have passed on. There's some degree of hope that through both mediumship and through the ability to communicate with spirits, uh, with uh, EVP and, and other devices that may be Someday we can actually use the testimony of spirits in a court case, uh, and we know that it's it, there are cases that that's yeah. happened as Moniz yeah. was talking about before. Uh, but the the talk that the, maybe the technology could progress to the point where you know you could be called as a witness to your own murder, right? And and that to me would be you know as a if I had you know the ability to be a card carrying member of the ACLU. That, that seems absolutely ridiculous to me because there are so many different levels of motivation and, and, and technology and all that stuff seems really freaky to me because if I had a, um, a grudge against you, I could just easily say it was you who had killed me. And, and, you know, we don't necessarily know that people are any more truthful and not to mention the fact, how do you really hold someone accountable for what they say after they've died? And not, not only that, but how can you be sure that it's the spirit of that person that was murdered that you're speaking to? Right, right. So that's, that seems like a whole bunch of a bunch of uh, uh, not being able to really face your accuser kind of thing. Then, you know, what are you going to say? How are you going to... If that yeah. person, you know, um, if that person has been dead for a few years or the, the person, the witnesses are calling, you've got to fall the slippery slope so then maybe a ghost that was there viewed it and they could be called. There's no way to test the reliability of not only who that is but what that person says. So that, that's, that to me seems like a really... We don't have enough problems with the law. We got to start bringing like spectral evidence back. That's just really um, insane to me. But uh, they they do talk about. And my favorite is when people make the yearly predictions, and that's one of the predictions. Like, really, you, you think like in the next three hundred and sixty-five days we're going to reach that point? <laughs> right, right. How about in the next three hundred sixty-five days we just get people to admit that yes, you can communicate with spirits, let alone use them as a as a witness in a trial. But you know that that's what's uh, what's interesting about talking about this kind of thing, about the idea of ghosts being blamed for something, is at least it means that the people, hopefully the people who are uh, making the accusations, believe strongly enough in the existence of ghosts that it's, that it's somewhat plausible. Uh, I mean, obviously this guy here, this Michael West, you know, he's just trying to get out of trouble. But uh, there's, there's plenty of incidents where it's not a criminal act, but it's being blamed on a spirit. Uh, there's plenty of instances where things happen and spirits either rightly or wrongly get the credit, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, like they were right to do what they did or the spirit was wrong to do what they did. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking, for example, of the numerous reports we've heard of people who are able to avoid burning in a fire because some sort of spirit gave them, you know, warning before the smoke detector went off or because they didn't have batteries in the smoke detector. A ghost woke them up in the middle of the night. You know, there's there's enough of that interaction between them that uh, they can be both the the one to receive the blame and the one to receive the praise. And it's funny because I'm thinking of the uh, exact opposite. I'm thinking of Robert the Doll, 
Mm-hmm. And, the, and the catchphrase, you know, Robert did it. And I'm thinking about how, you know, my sisters, especially growing up, always used to blame things on their imaginary friends. So it's, it's, it was very rare that uh, the ghost got, a credit, got the credit for anything, but there were definitely, like, small instances throughout my life where, you know, these people that I couldn't see would keep kept stealing things from me. So when I told, I never got any uh, justice. Well, Robert's a good friend of yours. Oh yeah, Robert's a butt of mine now. So yeah, so maybe maybe uh, maybe you could start blaming him for things. I'm sure he'd love that. Yeah, it doesn't really fly in my house. You know, the buck stops with me. So uh, you know, I still I still have Claire in my house too because uh, Jill's coming up for the Dead of Winter event. So I told her I'd give him back give her back to her then. So uh, she's still in my house, and whenever anything goes haywire, you know, people will be like, oh, "Is it that doll? Is the doll finally acting up?" But no, it's usually. It's a shame we couldn't. See, we couldn't get those two kids together. I know, huh? Imagine the haunted doll babies they could have together. <laughs> oh, that that Robert's a he's a he's a one hideous uh, <laughs> one hideous doll. It is a creepy doll. Yeah, that's right. I don't care if he hears me either. So, <laughs> do, do you think? Oh, do you think when the book comes out, Chris, we can get Robert to come on the show and talk about it? Um, I'm actually going to uh, give him a copy. So there you go. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll let him read through it. There you go. Nice. That book, of course, would be Haunted Objects, Stories of Ghosts on Your Shelf by Christopher Balzano and Tim Weisberg, coming to bookshelves July <laughs> 2nd. July 2nd, I believe. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, the anniversary of Roswell. Also, the I think that was also the uh, anniversary of uh, the last time that we handed them in the book one year <laughs> later. That's when it's going to come out. All right, well, we're, uh, we're coming up on a break. When we get, come back in the second hour, I want to talk about this idea of if the paranormal can have a negative effect in your life. And by that I mean, you know, can it ostracize you in some way? And, and there's a great story that Chris put up on ghostvillage.com about some people that had that happen to them. So uh, we'll talk about that story and more. And we want to hear from you, especially you don't even have to be a paranormal investigator. And I know that investigators out there have had this happen where it word has gotten out at work or – you know, the, the neighbor's children have found out that that's what you do and they, the neighbors don't want the kids to go over there and play anymore. You know, I know these instances have happened to people, so we want to hear about them. Uh, but at the same time, too, even if you're not an investigator and you're just somebody that's interested in the paranormal, maybe you've been hanging around the water cooler and you've tried to have a, co- tried to have a conversation with a coworker, saying something like, oh, did you happen to see Ghost Hunters last night? Really? You watch those shows? What's wrong with you? I'm sure that those conversations have happened to people out there, and I want to hear about them. I want to talk about them. I want to find out maybe, just maybe, I'm wrong. And maybe people aren't looking at you funny. But I know I tend to get those funny looks still. <laughs> you know, and, I, and, and let's, let's face it. You know, it's one thing to say I'm really into ghosts and stuff. I watch a lot of paranormal shows as opposed to saying, well, I host a radio show where I talk about the paranormal. I mean, you kind of imply that, Hosting a radio show is kind of a pretty cool job. You know what I mean? So you kind of hope that having that cachet in front of what you're about to say is enough to make people say, oh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not really into that stuff, but yeah, no, cool. But that's not the case. Like, really? They let you talk about that on the radio? So, I'm not going to say a word. Oh, you, nobody's been st- stigmatized more from this than you have, I'm sure. Yeah. So we're going to talk about all that coming up in the second hour. And uh, I think Matt, Matt Cost is actually making changes to the website as we go. Were you able to log in? I was. Yep. Really? Yeah. So it must, must have been your computer, Chris. Yeah, that's the habit of doing that. I don't, I'm trying to figure out if it's because of my account that I have on that uh, 
we'll see. We'll work Ro- on Robert it. Robert did it. <laughs> Maybe he to have me hands off on the, on the uh, website for a bit. <laughs> no, no, not at all, no. <laughs> There's so much stuff that I don't know how to do. But, uh, <laughs> excuse me, so the... The uh, changes are happening on the fly on SpookySouthCoast.com, so check it out. Oh, I know what I was going to talk about. There is some space <coughs> on there where we could actually, you know, offer up some advertising packages for people if they're interested. So just email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com if you want to buy some ad space on the show. And we're going to be hopefully bringing some new sponsors onto the program. We've got some uh, interested parties that are great, great businesses that I'm a big supporter of that hopefully they... They get involved and they advertise here on the airwaves so that we can tell you about them each and every week. So we'll do all that in the future. But coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk about how ghosts have made your life a living hell. Matt Casa, I know, do you, do you ever get anybody ever say anything about you coming in and working on the show? No, not usually. That's because you don't tell anybody. Uh-huh. That's why. All right, we're going to talk about all that coming up in the second hour, coming up after the news. We also want to remind you there's still tickets available for our Legend Trips event, Graveyard Shift at Slater Mill, coming up on April 21st. If you go to SpookySouthCoast.com, you'll see the Legend Trips uh, logo pop up on the slider, and you'll also see it under the Spooky South Coast shop under events. That'll get you to the Legend Trips website, or you can just go to LegendTrips.com. Either way, and you can purchase those tickets, $99 for a full night of dinner, lectures, and investigation, and one of the most haunted mills in America. And it's going to be a great, great time. There always are great events. And, of course, you can also get a discounted rate at a hotel room at the Comfort Inn of Pawtucket if you go and buy a ticket from Legend Trips and you use the code that's on that page. So, uh, And it's a good deal because it's not just the night of the event, but you can get the night before the night after at that reduced rate, too. So... I don't know, I might just go on a little mini vacation for this. All right, we'll be right back with more coming up in just a few minutes here on Spooky South Coast. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moniz, and on the line with us is content director, Chris Balzano. And we were just talking about, um, as we were coming back on the air, how, you know, I had never flown on a plane before, and I just did, you know, the, my first flight had to be cross-country, nonstop in a plane. But uh, it was a great time. Uh, you know, Jeff, of course, held my hand through the whole thing and <laughs> helped me through it. Showed me how to navigate through an airport and all that kind of stuff. But I did it. I finally did it. So now that I've flown and now that I've traveled, you know, people, if you want to hire me to come to some of these conventions and stuff, you know, I'm not afraid anymore. I did tell the woman next to me on the flight out, I was like, can you hold my hand? (laughs) She was like, get off me, creep. No, she was very nice. She helped out quite a bit. Chris, uh, you know, now that I can get on a plane, maybe I should come down and visit you. Oh, I would love this. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really freaks me out. I, I haven't gone over flying. Um, I fly only because I absolutely have to. I have no enjoyment in it whatsoever. I've really only flown to and from Florida, so you know that it's, it's also even a labor of love. You're going to see my either going to see my wife, my you know soon to be wife, or um, you know coming back to see my friends in, in Massachusetts and New England. So I do not like it. And I think it's unnatural. I think it's completely hubris. 
It really is, and I was I was realizing as uh, as I was landing for the first time that um, you know that that's not a pleasant feeling. And then on the way back, Jeff had an empty water bottle, and he's like, "Hey, watch this." And so we just watched the bottle like completely decompress under the pressure. And I'm just thinking, like, that's what my eardrums are doing right now. That's what the internal yep. organs of my body are doing right now. Maybe this is not a natural thing. But, you know, whatever. I think rather than discussing whether the paranormal has a negative effect, we should discuss whether just the lander has a negative effect in that's, your life. He can talk somebody into anything. <laughs> he does. And you know what? I didn't. I, I think I mentioned this to you uh, off the air, Chris, but I, I didn't want to do it. But I found myself doing it. I was consciously trying to avoid doing it. But I was just like, yep, I'll have what he's having. Yep, all right, whatever he's going to do. Yep, no, that's fine. I'll have the same thing. You know? That's very cute. Yeah, I know. All right, so you guys can pick on me for that all you want. But I, I do want to get into this topic of, <clears throat> we were going to talk about this a little bit last week, but we didn't get the chance. The idea that there are some people who do suffer that stigma uh, from the paranormal. I'm going to read this story that Chris put up on ghostvillage.com. And uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth. The idea of allowing paranormal investigators to speak in the North Platte Public Schools elicited an outcry from some members of the community. As a result, I'm sorry, did I start that story in the middle, Chris? Uh, yes, I'm okay, it's fine. You didn't lose anything. All right. So I've got a whole bunch of papers here in front of me tonight. I don't know why I'm not so prepared. I can summarize it if you'd like. Yeah, why don't you summarize it? That'd probably be better. Sure. Uh, this group trips paranormal from uh, from North Platte, Nebraska. They were going to present a um, this is kind of like a little fun day. Um, it was sponsored by this club, uh, and they wanted these guys to come in. And they were going to come in, and they were it was almost like a career day kind of thing. And they were using the the paranormal um, and their own success in the kind of the local community, uh, maybe even their local celebrity in the community, to tell the story of success. You know, and of if you believe it, no matter what people think, like go and strive and do your best, and and you can you know be brave too, and and you can find your own little personal successes. And the newspaper, I believe it's the Telegraph or the Telegram, uh, posted the story because it was a nice, you know, interest one. You know, people locals are going to hear from a successful come, you know, people, and they got the school itself got such a response um, because. Well, for various reasons, but the, the, the general tone of it was, we can't talk about this kind of thing in school. Um, and the, you know, and that was twofold. That was, first of all, like, these are not appropriate conversations to have in school because ghosts and monsters and demons and all this stuff, know that people can't make the distinction between those things. And the second reason was, it fell under religious grounds. And so if you can't talk about religion, and you can't bring up religious issues in school, then you can't. Uh, bring on paranormal investigators. So obviously, once again, there's no separation between uh, spirituality and paranormal investigating. So even though their focus wasn't really to talk about ghosts and what is a ghost and here's what we do with ghosts, it was more of using that as a means to connect to the kids, to get them to be inspired to go do good things. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it caused such an uproar that the, the visit was canceled, that the uh, presentation was canceled. But, I mean, first off, the first thing that I that comes to my mind is, uh, does it really not belong in schools because of the religious aspect? I mean, I don't see ghosts as necessarily being a religious point of view. I mean, how many times do we talk about it uh, where we're able to skirt the idea of religion? Yeah. No, it's a religious issue. 
It's, uh, for, for the majority of Americans, it's a religious issue. They don't see a separation between that. And I can tell you that from living in, you know, the South now. I can tell you that from the news articles that I, that I, that I see that uh, the majority of people, keep in mind that <clears throat> regardless of the ratings that the paranormal shows get, mm-hmm. looking for ghosts is not considered a, a, a normal thing for people to do, even though they watch the shows. There's not, there's not a direct correlation between those two things. And the second thing is that the majority of people aren't. They did, they'd be pulling out 100% of the ratings every day, every week. They're not. Um, so it's really a small vocal and shopping, you know, so they're spending money, so they're getting sponsors, um, community that are kind of doing this, but it's, it's not reflective of the of the U.S. as a whole. Yeah. Well, and also we do know that um, no matter how big that audience might be, you know, the, the fundamental control will always be in the hands to some degree of the religious right because they're the ones that make the most noise. So uh, people are afraid to cross them anyway because they're the ones that are going to make your life a living hell if you do. Right, because, you know, if you are a religious person, you know, and there's a negative connotation to that, which is somewhat unfortunate, but if you're a religious person, it's on the forefront of things that you do. Um, and so things that um, look to offend that or look to confront that are, are dangerous to your way of life. And that's, so it's, it's, whereas it's frustrating, it's also completely understandable. The unfortunate thing is, is that um, we as paranormal investigators don't get enough of a microphone to make that separation. Mm-hmm. And if you really, if you talk to most paranormal investigators, they can um, they can claim their spirituality and they can take and talk about their emotions of it. But um, but it's an, an issue that they can't avoid uh, because if you're dealing with the public, the public thinks a certain way. So therefore, you know you have to respect that going forward. And the unfortunate thing has happened is that then that you know clashes with a now you're clashing with a person's most uh, passionate thing and. The paranormal investigators tend to have that be the most passionate thing in their lives, and so there really is no kind of common ground to make legitimate points. The problem with it is, though, is they lost the uh, appeal that these kids might have suddenly found for history, for Mm -hmm. science. You know, what could have been a positive motivational tool for them to want to study these disciplines, uh, they now miss out on because of the misconstrued nature of, of what the presentation would have been before it was even allowed to be given. Right. I mean, I wish I could, I wish I could give everyone a class, uh, every paranormal investigator looking to do something like this, or every teacher, uh, which I do give teachers this class, is how to uh, do things like this in the classroom and do it in such a way that you pretty much are keeping yourself in a safe area. So my kids don't realize that they're not, that they... They don't realize that in me giving these, them the paranormal things, I'm doing just enough to make it literary and covering my own uh, self, if you will, that, uh, that if any parent were to complain, then they really wouldn't be able to, uh, to have any grounds. Because when the kids ask questions about specific things, I tell them, well, you know, I really can't talk about that kind of thing. And that message hits them, but what hits them more are the other things that I'm saying. And so if you ask them if I said that, they don't remember that part. So when they go back and tell their parents, and parents from clinic know say, Actually, we didn't talk about ghosts once. We didn't talk about what a ghost was at all. We talked about the story that involved the ghost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's pretty much how I've been able to, one of the ways that I've been able to kind of skirt around this issue. But it is an issue for, for other people. And that, that's something that uh, I want to delve a little bit more into is how, how it does become an issue. Uh, and, of course, you've got the, uh, probably the most under the microscope, no, no pun to Moniz's yeah. job, being a scientist, uh, <laughs> 
But uh, you probably got the job that is the most under the microscope <clears throat> when it comes to talking about this stuff because you are in a position of influence over young minds and uh, you probably are you're probably butting heads with parents enough just about curriculum and just mm-hmm. enough about you know behavior in the classroom and you know child study habits and whether or not they're getting their work done and things like that you've got enough uh, constant friction happening anyway and how must it be then to also throw the ghost stuff into there as well well you know I had a really difficult student last year um, who was very religious who also had a lot of issues with me just as me being her teacher and I learned a lot not in, in terms of how to manipulate the system, but more in terms of when you're approaching it to be aware of the fact that people don't have your same belief system. And so if you can approach it with more respect and recognition, then I'm going to try to prove anything or no, it's not, absolutely not, has nothing to do with God. Um, You're going to find yourself on a much, uh, much more even keel because you're not getting over the top of it. And really when you talk to them, you know, you, you, you can say, you know what, I understand that, and for that class, I won't do that. Um, or, you know what, I understand that, you know what we're going to do, we're going to change that around a little bit, just for them. And most parents, when you all of a sudden kind of create a situation where their kid is special in some way, without kind of calling them out in front of the class, they like that. Um, but it is one of those things where, and I think that that extends to parental investigating of all kinds, that extends to talking about this while creating platforms for this, is that you have to understand, not necessarily incorporate into your belief system, but understand and respect the fact that other people do have different ideas. Um, and your job is to maybe present your side as opposed to state your side. Um, and you know that's a small <laughs> that's a small little difference. It's all in the you know, semantics and the wordings of it, but mm-hmm. it's really one of those things where you know for people who hail themselves as being open-minded, you also have to be open-minded when you're confronting things that, you know, are not, um, are, are causing you tension like that, because, you know, there's no, no one wins in that battle, because they have the power, they have the voice, and ultimately, you know, it's one of those things where if I went in and I talked about, you know, another issue that had a religious aspect to it, even if I wasn't religious in my presentation of it, there you go. I could be attached to the same thing. So you really have to kind of keep that in mind, that open-mindedness and that, like, respect, most importantly. Well, and you are, again, being a teacher, you're also in that position where, you know, you have to be careful of pretty much everything you say anyway. Because in some degree, you know, in some ways, you kind of want to be, you know, cool Mr. Balzano and you want to be the guy that everybody likes and gets along with. And sometimes, you know, that looseness is misconstrued by people. Or you could be kind of the guy who wants to be strict and you know, kind of toe the line about things and say, hey, listen, you know, we're not, you know, ghosts are what I do outside of the classroom. We can't talk about it in here. That's my outside pursuits, and it's, I don't think it's appropriate for the classroom. And then it looks like, you know, you're being a hard ass when you're just trying to keep those lines firmly right. in place. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you know, a history teacher who is teaching about the Holocaust and is just afraid to, to crack a joke because then, you know, the, <laughs> right. the kids are going to go home and tell the parents that uh, he's a Nazi. Right, right. I mean, and you have to be, you know, whereas all these levels of, you know, and that's, that's not an example of this, but all the levels of PC and all the levels of filters you have to create, seems like it's a real pain in the butt. But it really, I think, does, if you really follow and you, and, you, and you pay attention to the filters that people are asking you to do, you don't necessarily earn 
um, a lover or, an, or, or a full understanding of their perspective, but it helps you become a more well-rounded person because you realize that, you know, especially, I think paranormal people are very much in like this, you know, little bubble that, 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 that kind of, uh, um, you know, they, they think uh, the world thinks this, or they think that the, the, the world are watching these things. You know, the majority of people, if you ask them, you know, who um, Grant is, then they don't know that answer. You know, they don't really know who that is. I don't know the guy's last name. What is that thing? Grant. Jason and Grant. Grant. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I say, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just having a good <coughs> I'm just Sorry. trying to make sure that you're not trying to uh, jump into the next section that we're saving for later on, letting that catch. No, 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 no. 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 I, I know. Like you know, like the, the majority of people don't don't do that, and so you know, and, and like we began this kind of conversation with, you know, ideas from uh, from different parts of the world. Um, are you know much more uh, much more open to the existence of ghosts, and so therefore their connection the connection between ghosts and crime is, is much tighter, or at least more out there. Um, we also have to keep in mind that those people are now here, <laughs> so you know we are built on on many of those same religious systems, and some of those religious systems are still influencing and you know even recently influencing cultures that we have today, and so. If you take something like voodoo, whereas a teacher 20 years ago might have been able to come in and make jokes about that, well, now, you know, voodoo is, you know, connected to cultures, and you now have kids that are of that culture in your classroom where you might not have 20 years ago. Yeah. Therefore, it doesn't, you're, you have to understand that you're attacking something as kind of spooky or creepy, or, but this is a genuine belief system that someone in your class might have. Well, let's take a step outside of the, the classroom and, and being afraid of the religious aspect of things. And let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum, and that's the world of science. And I was talking with Matt Moniz about this uh, earlier today, and I said, you know, you must have met a lot of resistance from coworkers who found out that you're involved in the paranormal. You know, a lot of them started kind of questioning what you were doing and why you were wasting your time, you know, under that pursuit. But you actually told me that you've had some, some startling conversations with some of them. Well... It's funny because when they first find out, you, you get the typical snickers and you, you you get the barbs and things thrown at you all the time. Oh, there's nothing to that. Why are you wasting your time? This and that and this and that. That's while they're in front of all of their other peers and things like that. The minute that you're alone with them and uh, the topic comes up, they want to know anything and everything you can tell them. You know, they're all bravado, you know, in front of each other. Almost every single person that's, you know, riled me for uh, doing it has come to me in a secretive manner and wanted to see what I had. And they wanted to know, can they, you know, occasionally come out with me and things like that. But the minute, you know, somebody else walks back in or, you know, the topic comes back up, you know, it's the same old thing. And what's even more funny is, like, um, uh, the people that I would think wouldn't be interested in it seriously is like when the, on the odd occasions when i've been on television hey i saw you on tv last night oh so you watch those shows and then you, <laughs> then, then they realize no, 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 then, no, no, yeah oh oh yeah <laughs> my wife was watching it yeah yeah but and and uh what's interesting about that though is that you know there is still that need to ridicule you for it and well, I, I keep giving them the same line back. Okay, you say there's nothing to it. I want you to go look in all of the periodicals, look up in all of the books, 
Show me where it has been conclusively proved. Show me an unbiased, unprejudiced study that is completely open. Not by James Randi. Like I said, an open and objective (laughs) study that has been done that shows that there's nothing to it. There hasn't been. But I would think that a scientist, like talking to a scientist, their mind would be so open to possibilities. That's what they're supposed to be. Um, but the, yeah, it, and, you know, with with rigid things that back it up. But like they're the ones that discover the stuff that we can't discover yet. And that they would they would stop at something that is, uh, is 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 starting to even more reveal itself as potential. You know. Okay. Now. This is what I've noticed. It has less to do with what you're being taught in school in terms of science. It has more to do with what you're being taught as a kid and in your social structure uh, uh, from outside of science, you, if you understand what I'm saying. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's the social stigma attached outside of it. Objectively, as a scientist, you're not supposed to be making a decision one way or another until you actually look and you know, conduct something. You don't just take a word of somebody, you know, or, you know, just leave it out of hat until it's been shown. You know, people have actually looked and done and shown. There, You know what I'm saying? Oh, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so a lot of the negative it, that comes out of it is from the social aspect outside of science, if if that makes any sense to everybody well, else, I'm sure. I was going to ask you, like, you say that you kind of get teased and ridiculed a little bit from your coworkers, but in a scientific laboratory environment, I mean, how much razzing is there going on amongst each other anyway? Like, if it wasn't, you know, about ghosts, if they were razzing you because you're a Green Bay Packers fan, you know, how much of that well, stuff Well, you're going to get is, that in any type of work <laughs> environment. We, sure. People, you know, have their sports affiliates or they, they're a proponent of this or that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm asking. Are they picking on you because they they firmly are against that, or is that just what it's going to be, you know, you're the ghost guy. You're the ghost guy, and that guy over there is the brown guy with the brown shirt is, guy. I think what he's saying is, do they want to make fun of you, and they really can't do it any other way except for this way? Right. Mm-hmm. The other stuff would be just too painful? In a certain <laughs> sense, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Well, I mean... It, I don't want to No, but I no, I I know I know I'm trying to say this here in a way that's not um I don't want it to sound like I'm being mean to Moni's and picking on Moni. Yeah, go ahead. You do. How's that going to be different from other shows? You're you're an outside the box kind of guy though. You really? You are not conforming to how other people are anyway. You're an individual and you have no problem being that individual. That's how I was made. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is like, if you came to me, if I was a scientist and I was working in whatever, you know, laboratory, whatever it is that I do, I, I, I wouldn't okay. even pretend to know what job I'd be doing in a lab. But, <laughs> you know, I'm doing my job in a laboratory. I'm pretty sure you're qualified to wash beakers. And, and, you're, and you're a co-worker. And I see and I'm like, oh, here comes this long-haired biker guy. You know, I know, you know, from talking to him that he's, you know, he loves to ride bikes. He loves, you know, he's an outdoorsman. He likes to do all that kind of stuff. It's almost like when I know all this stuff about you, and then you come out and say, "Oh, and I also look for the paranormal," on, you know, in my spare time. To me, I'd be like, "That just kind of fits your personality." You know, you're an adventurous guy. You're looking for things that are different. You're looking for things that are exciting. That right. wouldn't surprise me. So that's why I I think that the stigma that's there isn't about the person that's going out there and doing it. It's about the fact that it's even a pursuit. You know, it's the it's the subject matter, and it's not the people that do it. 
Uh, I think there are some cases beyond in the school environment, in a lab environment, where it's actually reflecting negatively on the people themselves. You know, and it's, it's more about a judgment call on the person for what they do. And I'm sure some of our listeners out there have had those experiences. If they want to kind of call in and share them, uh, we would love to hear them. 508 996 Is that something that you've ever experienced, Moniz, where somebody made a judgment about your personality in a negative way because you you went out and pursued this stuff? I get judgments of my personality just on my appearance alone. But well, like but like you said, I am an individual. I make no excuses for you know how I look and the way I act. I am who I am. I'm and I was like And that. I applaud you for that. I don't want to make it sound like I'm picking on you. For that. No, but I've always been that type of individual. I've always been that unique person that's gone out. Uh now, don't take this the wrong way, folks. A lot of people are sheep. They'll just follow along with the rest sure. of the crowd. Um, I found that at an early age, I had my own brain, and I wanted to look. No, don't do this. Don't. Do this. I got myself into a lot of trouble. You know, I was like, okay, some things, yeah, you really don't want to do. And other things, okay, why is this? Uh, I, I've always had that inquisitive thing. Why? Why can't I do this? Why can't I? you know dress like this why can't i have this type of hairstyle why can't i you know do this or that you know oh well that's not what society wants well i don't care about society i'm an individual mm-hmm. and I, I think that 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 shifted too because i remember um you know when i first started um my site i remember my friend saying to me you know they should do a story about you well, you know, why should they do a story about me? You know, there's better reasons why. I'm an amazing guy. And she said, because people who do this don't look like you. And I said, what, <laughs> what do you they talk look about? like? <laughs> no, right. So I was like, what are you talking about? Keep in mind, this is like 2000, 2000. I'm like, what, what do they look like? And she said, well, they don't like the Patriots. Uh, they don't watch uh, baseball incessantly. They're not into, into good music. They're, they, they, they don't look normal like you look. And the first, the first question was, how do I look normal? Um, but the second one was like, well, what do you think about people who do this kind of thing? And I want you to keep in mind that she was doing much of this with me. And she's like, I, I don't know. I, they're, just, they're just weirdos, and you're not a weirdo when you do this. Um, and so I think that weirdo factor has shifted, but I think there's some of that still kind of old uh, school mentality that kind of filters in. Like people expect uh, to some degree that, you know, we've got a very Van Helsing look to us or... or, or you know, we're the, we're the kind of people who spent our youth in, in, in dark rooms reading weird things that other people liked but didn't like as much about as, uh, as we did. Um, and so I think that's shifted, but I think it hasn't shifted completely to realizing that people from all walks of life and who look completely different, all types of educational backgrounds are doing this, or at least have these ideas. Um, and then I think that that, that, that old, the old way of looking at, you know, people who are into ghosts, because never... You do this. It's always oh, you're into this, um, and so and so. I think that, that people still view us like that, regardless of whether you know where where you know we look like all of our paranormal investigators, or we look like our own selves, or we look like you know the guy down the street who you wouldn't expect is into this. Into this. Well, here's here's a situation that I'm kind of in right now. Not to not that I want to talk about this much on the air, but I'm I'm in the process of looking for uh, a new career. We'll say. And <clears throat> on my resume, I have all the different things that I've done, both in the sports world and in the paranormal world. 
you know, I've been fortunate enough to make some television appearances, and I've had my writings featured. I've written a couple of books. So these things are on my resume. And the question that I was discussing with my wife just a few days ago was, you know, is that a bad thing? Should that stuff be on there? Because am I not being called in for interviews because they see on there that I'm involved in these pursuits? Uh, I can tell you in the couple of interviews that I've gone on, it comes up. It comes up in, in discussion. Um, right, right. And, and I think that you, you suffer from the same thing I did when I moved down here, which is if, if you know, Moniz wants to go for a job interview, it's not relevant to his experience as a scientist necessarily, although we would all say it is. Yes. I have been about asked labs, about it. He would talk about what labs he works at. He would talk about, whereas you and I are necessarily going for things that are... Our appeal would be if I, you know, if I had written for this TV show or appeared on this TV show or, or written this book about this, or it would be much more appealing. But as soon as it's the ghost thing, it then becomes a question of whether you include it. Exactly. And well, you can't even get them to read your writing sample because they're like, "Well, if it's about ghosts, I don't want to read it." It can't. I, I just got uh, a job in a, a new laboratory. I, it's actually across from MIT. Congrats, by the way. Oh, thank you. And uh, the subject actually did come up during the interview, and uh, the people interviewing me actually found it fascinating. Uh, and I was like, don't worry, it won't interfere with my work and stuff like that. It's like, no, can you give me websites so I can go look some of the stuff up? Sure. Have <laughs> <laughs> you, you actually put it in your resume, Matt? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> so they did like a little background thingy on you? And, no, uh, they asked about... On you and I talking about uh, Bostonese on, on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually came up be, asking about the things I do for hobbies. It's just, you know, well, what do you do on, you know, the, well, right. I, you know I do a radio show, I do... TV show and things like that. Oh, what on? And I had to grin and just, yeah, I do it on this. Oh, really? Because apparently, you know, like I said, a lot of scientists are are closet investigators. You know, armchair closet investigators. Mm-hmm. They they won't let other people know they're 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 looking into and doing it. You know, they they applauded me for being open about it, but you know, it's stuff that they would like to be able to do because in science, you don't. You learn by looking at what you don't know, not what you already know. That's how science is advanced. And we don't know that much about this yet. So it's, it's one of the last frontiers that still can be, um, be made headways in. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can do stuff. But unfortunately, the stigma is still attached. And like I said, that stigma isn't so much attached so much from science. You know, it, it, Part of the problem was... The the age of enlightenment was an attempt to wrestle people's minds from the church and the church and its uh, hold on people through superstitions. Okay, what it was trying to do is eliminate the superstitions, but things like ghosts and ETs were the eight hundred pound gorillas in the room that science just you know put in the corner and says. Uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain but all this other stuff is all i also think too though i think the the the, to some degree the science burying the paranormal is part of the handshake agreement between religion and science to coexist uh from all those years when they didn't coexist it's the common ground that both of them are afraid of pretty much because you know the religious aspect of it too is that they have just as much to lose by proving that the paranormal is correct uh, the paranormal is real too so it's 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 that backdoor agreement between the two of them to, you know, I won't let them come out and say it if you don't let them come out and say it, and we can you got it, you know, you got so it. we can wash each other's backs on this. 
But I, I'll tell you this much. I did go on one interview where the woman was an over-the-moon paranormal fan. And I didn't necessarily need to bring it up because she had seen me on Ghost Adventures. And so when she saw me, she recognized me from it. And we started talking and everything. And uh, she's like, so what's, uh, what's, what's Zach like? Can you, can you make it so I can meet him? <laughs> I was like, lady, if you hire me for this job, <laughs> I'll find a way. But, uh, but I mean, that, that is the other aspect of it, too, is enough people are starting to pay attention to this that it may not, it may not carry a stigma when you go into an interview. And it just might be another, you know, just, you know, no different than a guy who's 45 years old and still plays in a semi-pro football league on the weekends. You know, oh, that's different. You know, it's just something that makes you a more well-rounded person. Hmm. Maybe I hope. <laughs> I'd like to think this is why I'm not that, that this isn't why I'm not getting calls, but maybe that's the case. Well, why don't you call it and let us know five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. And I put this up on Facebook and I put it up on Twitter. This question about you know have you been ostracized at all for your interest in the paranormal? And some people were getting back to me with some actual input of. It's not so much that we've been ostracized in our regular lives. It's how much we've been ostracized within the field itself. Uh, you know, how much that it's been because you have your certain set of beliefs within the paranormal that you can't always get along with other people that have a different set of beliefs. And that's, that's a real shame because uh, it's like, you know, it's, I, I don't want to get crazy here in my comparisons to this, but it, it would literally be like, you know, an immigrant population coming into a city and the immigrant populations fighting with each other about which one of them is more persecuted. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you kind of want to just Rodney King it and say, can't we all get along? Because we're all kind of fighting against the same problem here. And uh, I don't know. It's, well, that's the issue that that we have to deal with in in science that's why it's not really accepted because there's no standardized methodology and that's what science works on is is a standard form that everybody can take and do and replicate and unfortunately it in the paranormal research community nobody can agree on what's what should be done in which way and until until it's done it's not going to get accepted pure plain simple that's you know unfortunately that's the way it is you're going to have the purest in the science end of things saying we have to do measurements of this that that this and this way and that and then you'll have the people that are of the more religious spiritual nature no we have to do this and that and this and that with you know and you can't get the two to meet one won't yeah, accept not, the other you understand what i'm saying i do i'm not sure i want standardized i'm not sure i want i want a a you know, I'm thinking of the, the line from that great movie, Almost Famous, when he says, you know, should we need to be responsible here? Like I said, wait a minute, didn't we start doing a ban because we didn't want to be responsible? Um, I'm not saying we don't need to be responsible, but I don't want someone telling me my vision needs to be limited by certain criteria or anything that I have that falls outside that criteria once again. I mean, that to me doesn't seem like it's, um, like it's conducive to those who... Um, are the same original thinkers who wanted to do this in the first place. No, I, I understand, but I'm saying... In and there goes the battle, you know, like yeah. that, that kind of... That's why it never will, and I'm not sure we should even struggle to make it. I think it should be an internal kind of thing rather than a let's prove things to the public. 
Well, there are a lot of these scientists who think that it needs to be standardized and provable in that fashion. Do they still think that the Earth is the center of the universe and the sun revolves around this planet? Do they still think that? That's not is that not right. That that's more the reli- the old religious and scientific. Uh, no, scientifically though, they all they believe that scientifically. They scientifically believe the Earth was the pole of the universe, and that everything revolved around this planet. And then, you know, over the years, they make these other discoveries. It happens. It's not necessarily. Oh, you're talking. Okay, I thought you were talking currently. It's like <laughs> no, 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 not, not currently. Not no. I know there are some people that still believe that now. <laughs> yeah. But but what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is. You know, these advances are made because our idea of what logic is changes. It adapts. And right now, more than anything, we're stuck in a huge lockdown of what logic is. Now, thankfully, quantum physics has been able to kind of open the door a little bit in the minds of certain people. But uh, we are kind of in a logic lockdown right now of, you know, if it doesn't follow the rules of physics, it can't be. Well, that's the problem that I'm talking about when you're doing these type of scientific testing. You have to use the, the accepted parts of science that already are established. You can't use what is considered another pseudoscience to validate another pseudoscience. In mm-hmm. other words, you can't use psychics to validate ghosts yeah. in the terms of science because you're using a pseudoscience to validate another pseudoscience in, in their opinion. Right, like people who say that it's not a ghost moving the Ouija board, it's your mind. It's, well, wait a minute, yeah. so now I have the ability to move things with my mind? Walk on! Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go be a <laughs> superhero now. Right, who cares about ghosts if I can move things with my mind? Yeah, I've, I've been trying to do it for years. Usually it's uh, it's when I'm sitting at one end of the couch and the remote's at the other. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it doesn't matter to me. It could either be the remote flying into my hand or me changing the channel mentally. Either one works for me. <laughs> Well, I mean, neither one works for me, but either one would work for me. Uh, One of the the problems that I have with the whole idea, (coughs) excuse me, of science proving the paranormal, is I'm starting to wonder more and more, just, and Moniz and I talked about this after the show last week, you know, it's not going to be proven by science, if it hasn't been by now, you know, by these methods of what they're looking for. There's enough collective evidence to say that there definitely should warrant further actual academic research in this. But you have to make some concessions in that academic research. You can't, Such as? Well, for one thing, you can't say, well, it has to happen in the laboratory. No. Uh, the laboratory is where you're going. I mean, everybody tries to pull that same old, especially non-scientists. Not everything can be done in a laboratory. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you can't study a blue whale in a laboratory unless your laboratory is, you know, out in the middle of the Atlantic and Ocean. Yeah. For a marine biologist, that right. is their laboratory. That's what I'm talking and, about. And that's exactly the same point that we've made before when we've talked about this off the air is, you know, if in certain sciences they're willing to go out into the field to study this, why does this seem to be the one thing that they won't go out into the field to study? In theory, and we know that this isn't true, but because <laughs> it's just not they're not scientists but in theory the idea of these paranormal investigation tv shows and paranormal investigation groups is that they are bringing the science out into the field you know now you can say all you want about whether or not they're actually following scientific procedures but if you could get a team of 5 of the scientists in your laboratory to go with us to Lizzie Borden's and everybody puts their heads together you can't tell me that they couldn't come up with some pretty good ways of testing what's going on there in that using that as a laboratory you actually that's that's the whole thing a laboratory is just a means of controlling the conditions yes 
You can control the conditions elsewhere. It doesn't have to be a specific building with this particular type of ventilation systems and hoods and, and wouldn't chemical cabinets. It has to be the conditions are controlled where you're conducting the experiment. And the other, ha- the other problem with that, though, is that the experiment has to be repeatable. And unfortunately, it's not always repeatable. It's not repeatable for us when we go in there and just no. want to get some sort of... Well, and, and, and repeatable. Same, same thing with the blue whale. The blue whale isn't just going to keep appearing in the same bay every time. You know, you have to follow it, and it's going, it's a biological animal. It does what it wants to do. So, and I think the whale is a good example of, of one of the other issues, which is when a scientist goes out to study that whale, he's not trying to prove the existence of the whale. He's trying to observe the whale to learn more about what makes the whale the whale. Got it. Um, and we are forcing no. Prove it is real. Prove it is real, as opposed to coming from a mindset. And I, and I think investigators are guilty of this too. Rather than trying to prove that something is there, not prove it's there. Why don't you just go and observe and take your scientific method and, and, and filter it into observation, as opposed to you know the genesis, the creating of some the synthesis of, of 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 proof or not proof. You know, and I think that that would be a much more effective way to investigate, and it would be a you know. An interesting way for scientists to approach it as well. Well, that's what I was referring to. I'm not saying you go out with all of these meters and it has to raise it. No. First, you, you're observing, observing the environment, what happens, okay? Then you bring in all of the equipment to measure things when those things happen again. And then you try and repeat that or have somebody right. else repeat it right. in the same thing. Uh, people get confused saying, you're going to prove it by going in with this equipment, this and No, the equipment is just there as data to verify that this observation happens and these are the transient effects that happen on things that record data. No if, no and, no but. This is what so they do. So if the paranormal activity is your variable, then what would be your constant? Your constant is you. You're, uh, you're the observer. You're the constant. You're also... Uh, having the let's call it the unbiased of, of your your equipment the equipment is unbiased it doesn't suffer from hallucinations doesn't have preconceived notions it's just an atomic uh, uh, device that brings in data and spits it back up okay that makes sense it does but uh, I think part of the problem with that is by using yourself as the constant it makes it subjective still instead of objective For observation yeah, I mean, you're still going to have that debate of, you know, did I influence it by being there? You're still going to the have, Heisenberg and, effect. Yeah, and you're still going to have that, uh, you know, that that out for people to say, well, sure, ghosts do exist, but they're caused by people's minds. Okay, then that's still worth documenting. Yeah, <laughs> it's a win-win situation either way. It, it may be for you, but uh, <laughs> for some of these people, it's not the answer that they're looking for. I, I, I thought Desmond was the constant. He Excuse was. Me? Okay, sorry. Mo- Moniz won't know about that, but he was. All right, okay. Uh, so, so if we're looking, uh, it's a lost reference. Okay. And literally <laughs> a lost reference. But uh, I, I think that it's very interesting that, you know, here we are early in this year in 2012, and two of our shows already right off the top of the bat here at the beginning of this, our seventh season is that we're delving into these topics and what this means. And I think it means that people are getting to the point where they want to explore more the deeper meaning of it and more the deeper ramifications of it. Now that we've seen the 
popularity of it with what we talked about last week with Deanna Saeed and about the popularity of these paranormal reality TV shows. Now we're going to start to see the effect of it. Now it's starting to be out there enough that we're going to start to see what happens when you are willing to be more accepting of the paranormal as a culture. 45% of Americans believe in the existence of ghosts. You know, now we're going to see what happens when that's the case because we're seeing the effects of people being stigmatized for their beliefs in it. We're seeing people blaming ghosts for crimes. We're seeing, you know, that issue popping up when you can't imagine that 20 years ago there would have even been a paranormal group that would have wanted to go and speak into a, in a school environment. And now they have to be told, <clears throat> you know, in this, in this manner, in the manner of this group. Oh, I, was you know, I, I, I did it 20 did, years ago. I know that you did it, but you did it to college-age kids. Yeah. And I'm talking about going into a high school and doing it as an after-school oh. program. Sorry, I think two things are important to know. One is that there were at least half a dozen to a dozen stories over the summer about individual towns whose reading, summer reading program revolves around the paranormal. So we'll take that, and so that's a, that part is good because people are starting to come around because this is a way to engage kids. Um, the opposite spectrum of that is having seen, you know, and just about every news report that comes across the wire uh, that, that might involve ghosts, that there is very rarely a time that ghosts aren't used in a negative light. Um, so whether they're the crime things that we're talking about now, or whether it's... Um, a scary know, uh, thing, or... Whether it's... And I actually, those people who got the ghost those newsletter, I wrote a little thing about this, about how, you know, it, news is constantly making reference to being, you know, haunted by the ghosts of the past. You're never, like, walking hand-in-hand fields with the ghosts of the past. It's always <laughs> being haunted by the ghosts of the past, or you have to exercise the ghosts. Uh, people not realizing, you know, exorcism of ghosts is kind of a, you know, an odd term. Um, but, you know, it, it's very rare that you get the news report, and it's always buried in a local paper in the, in the style section. Not even the neutral ones that here's the group, the group that does it, because people kind of read that, and they just will go on their way. Um, but ones that, like, the good work that people do, like cleaning up cemeteries or giving to charity or um, you know, last year there was uh, several of the shows that allowed people to investigate who were like before we make a wish foundation. Mm-hmm. Those stories are very few and far between. So instead, people are inundated in the news with negative and a, with a very negative connotation to anything that's related to ghosts. So that forty-five percent uh, who says they believe in ghosts aren't necessarily going to be given the most positive view of ghosts. Sure, it doesn't say forty-five percent of people like ghosts. Yeah, that's forty-five percent yeah. of people believe in them, and that that is a um, that's you know that's a tricky. We talked about that before. That's a, that's a tricky stat that they throw out. Speaking of believing in ghosts, we have uh, about five minutes here before the end of the show. I do want to talk about uh, one, <coughs> excuse me, one big topic that's coming up in the paranormal world this week. We saw that teaser for anybody that watched Ghost Adventures last week. You saw that little teaser at the end with you've got uh, Steve Gonzalez crying. And ghost hunters. Ghost hunters. I'm sorry. That just shows you how much I pay attention. <laughs> but, you know, so we, 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 we see this clip. I've seen it now online where you see Steve Gonzalez crying and, you know, Amy Bruni hugging people. And, you know, everybody's upset and because there's some big news that's going to change the face of Ghost Hunters and change the face of TAPS forever. And the speculation, of course, all over the Internet is that it's that Grant Wilson is stepping down from the show. Uh, there's a variety of spe- uh, different speculations as to why uh, health issues, marriage issues, you know, everybody's got their opinion of what it could be. 
I don't want to talk about any of that because, again, it's all speculation. And if we even start to do that, people are going to be like, well, you know them, so you must know what's really going on. And I don't want to have that happen. I do just want to look at it like this. We'll go around real quick. Matt Moniz, what do you think happens to Ghost Hunters if Grant Wilson isn't involved? I think it will still continue. It's a cash cow that uh, Sci-Fi and Pilgrim Entertainment has been riding for the past seven years. They're not about to let that stop. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Do you think that the loss of one of these core, you know, the quote-unquote founding fathers of the new paranormal movement, do you think that uh, one of them stepping away from camera will make a difference? Um, How was Happy Days after Richie left? (laughs) It went on for like five more years after that, but... It it just wasn't as good. Yeah. Right. And I think uh, I think Dave said it best uh, when, when what was the uh, quote that Dave had in the chat room? Uh, something about jumping the shark. <laughs> yeah, he made a reference about how Jason was going to strap on some water skis and jump over a shark. Oh wow! Okay, so obviously Dave and I are the same mindset. Tonight. Absolutely. Well, I, I do think that um, you know there's there's room on these paranormal programs for different characters because that's what they are when they're on on the shows for different characters to emerge, and I think that the change-up is good, and I think that if it is uh, if it is that Grant Wilson's stepping down and he has a good reason for doing it, well, then good. I'm glad that he's not going to hang on to it and just kind of I would, ride I would be interested... I'm sorry to, to cut you off. I would be interested to know whether people who watch Ghost Hunters watch it for those characters. I mean, I know I've, I've talked to Jeff about this before, how people who watch Ghost Adventures, for example, love the people specifically who are on Ghost Adventures. They do, and it's amazing. Um, they do. And so I wonder if, if even after, I mean, because, you know, from what I hear from the, from what I, when I see the show or when, I, you know, when people talk about it, they have a pretty big cast of characters who are doing things. And, of course, they all revolve around this, these, this you know, main kind of mainstays that are there. Um, but I wonder if people who watch Ghost Hunters watch it for those specific characters or whether it's kind of become more of a, you know, content as opposed to character. Well, when I watched it, and, I, and I'm talking in the beginning years, when I watched it, I always watched it for the evidence and for the investigation. And I could care less about who the investigators were that were there. But I think that part of what's happened is people have become accustomed to a lot of that evidence, and they've become kind of used to what happens. So for them, it is about the characters. And because it's one of those shows where you feel like you know the guys, that uh, the loss of one, one person could make a difference. Do I think it's going to hurt ratings? Nope, not at all. But uh, will the dynamic change? Probably. It's the same thing as if you were no longer involved with Spooky South Coast, Chris. Even though you're not always in front of the cameras or or behind the microphone, you know, the the fact that you are the lifeblood that runs through this program, we would have probably quit two years ago, but you won't let us. Well, I remember when they killed off Valerie on Valerie's family and they made it, you know, the Hogan family. Sandy Duncan, way better. And uh, and the problem is, and, and of course, you know, there's there's a fine line I think that they can't dance on this is that can they come up with shows that are about you know what it's like now that he's not there with a scripted quote unquote scripted show can do but would they be able to pull that off because that is an emotional mm-hmm. thing that to have those characters go through on the show but I'm not sure if you can do it with a reality based show. Well, I'll say this. That's not focused on, you know, people loving each other. I picture it as this. This is the mid season finale coming up is what they're calling it. I think Grant's gonna leave. Uh, he's going to go away, and then in the season finale, uh, he's going to be, you know, we're going to see Jason taking a shower, and then when he opens up the shower door, Grant will be outside. I was going to say, let's not forget, Richie did come back, you know? I was giving it the Dallas ending. They had that heartfelt Blueberry Hill, uh, you know, singing thing. Yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I, I was trying to give it the Dallas ending. 
Oh. I had to kind of explain that because otherwise it just sounded really creepy for two guys that spend a lot of time together in the dark. All right, that about does it for this week's show. Uh, while we have you on, Chris, you know who's on for next week? Um, we were going to do kind of an annual thing. Oh, okay. Remember that? And, um, that's I've, that's I've on me. To, I've been trying to get uh, Jackie to fulfill her part of it. Uh, we'll right. see what happens there, but... Um, but, uh, um, Otherwise, you know. we're going to have a great show no matter what. We'll be back here at 10-something next Saturday night, so you want to come back and enjoy that. Until then, just keep checking out SpookySouthCoast.com all week long. We promise we'll have some stuff up there. All the archives of all the videos have been moved over to YouTube. So much easier to watch, so check those out in case you missed any. Uh, also, we're going to be updating the archives and getting everything all up to date as well, so I know a few people have been concerned about that. Uh, so just keep checking that out, and uh, we'll take any comments, suggestions, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Until next week, stay spectacular. <laughs>